We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capallo, and today we welcome Tara to Business Matters. Tara, thanks for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. It's awesome. So Tara is the owner and head stylist at Crimson Hair Salon and a background in professional ballet and a passion for travel. So I did my research, so we have lots to cover. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, it's all true. Um, I'm curious, I always love to talk about sort of the journey that people go through. And I was reading that, and I hope I got this right, that you moved from home when you were 12 years old to be accepted into professional ballet school. Like, tell me about that. Like, how did that come together? Did your family move or did they like ship you off as a 12 year old? Like, how did that come together? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they did ship me off, which is really funny. Um, yeah, so I dance. I've been dancing ever since the age of three. Just love ballet, love dancing, love performing. Um, I believe it must have been my ballet teacher that was like, hey, you should enroll into the professional side of things and they can do like summer programs and all over the world, essentially. Um, so I originally applied for the National Ballet School of Canada when I was 12. Um, or sorry, actually, that was when I was nine and went away for a summer camp for about two months um, and did that. And then after that, I went to the Royal Winnipeg Ballet School for another two years of summer for ballet. And then at that point in my life, I really was passionate about it and thought I was going to be this like beautiful ballerina when I grew up. So um, grade nine, I actually got fully accepted into the year program at the Quinty uh, Valley School of Canada, which is just outside of Toronto. Um, so I was billeted with a beautiful, lovely family uh, from grade nine to grade 12. And uh, actually, they just came out mid-April to come oh visit my, my me and my family here in Kelowna. Uh, they've been out twice now. And um, I mean, it was a lovely experience. They are my second parents, essentially. They had me from like my worst teenage years of <laughs> nine to three, 12. I mean, these people taught me how to drive. They saw my first boyfriend, uh -huh. um, you know, all the drama that goes on in high school with parties and you know, lying, saying you're going to a friend's house for a sleepover and truthful yeah, yeah. house party. So um, these wonderful people, John and Randy, um, I love them inside now. And uh, yeah, so my parents just trusted these people to take care of me for four years. Um, so a lot of <laughs> development during that time, for sure. Interesting. So was there like, was there dance like in the family, your mom, like, how did you get into ballet originally? Like, was there something that you just started doing? Yeah, no, I mean, my parents put me in when I was three years old. I don't think you really have a See, concept at that point in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think any parent does what they want to do, put their kids in extra school curricular activities and just get them socializing with kids and playing and making friends. And um, yeah, I was in ballet and gymnastics and figure skating and soccer and then just kind of as I got older you know windle it down to ballet and I was doing ballet about five times a week for sure if not so straight after school just straight to ballet but I loved it and I was passionate about it and I have some of my best 
memories and my best friends from dance school that will well, we're going to grow old together now for just knowing each other and just connect these amazing bonds with people when you're, you know, you're doing bus tours and trips right. and competitions and hotel rooms. And yeah, it's just a, it's a beautiful experience. So you, what, you know, back then I would assume, like you said, you're like, this, this was your thing. Your career was going to yeah. be in LA. Yeah. Yeah, definitely did. I think any 13 year old, right? You just watch these ballet videos and you're like, that's going to be when I get older. And then, you know, you get a little older <laughs> and <laughs> the dream kind of comes a reality and you're like, well, maybe this isn't really my career choice. And, you know, right. things come up and other interests come in. And, uh, but truthfully, um, ballet definitely led me into the hair career with doing hair and makeup backstage, getting ready for performances. Um, and then just kind of the creative artistic side of things as well with always being kind of handsy and busy and standing all day and moving around so definitely connected the two for sure which led me to my hairdressing career today for sure do you see do you still dance today yeah I do I do um there's a couple uh companies here in town um that are you know, the same age group as myself or a little bit younger as well. And everyone's kind of got the same experience. They've been dancing their entire life. And, you know, now we're into our late 20s, early 30s and uh, still passionate about it, still wanting to do things. But I mean, it's not the serious professional side of things like we were doing before. Um, But yeah, still making new friends through dancing like weekly. So it's awesome. That's fun. So you're saying, I was curious where the crossroads came for getting into hair and fashion so that that you you got ex- exposed to that backstage as you're preparing for going on stage and is that yeah. where passion came from or the drive um, yeah for sure it definitely had a lot to do with it I mean we were doing performances every weekend so we'd have to have like hair and makeup right. done doing it backstage um but honestly even looking back I remember being in like grade seven, grade eight, and they would have like crazy hair day at school, right? They'd always have these things. And I I will try to find this photo for you, but I (laughs) put coat hangers in my hair and I had four braids of coat hangers. And then off these coat hangers, I had like keychains, you know, when you collect like collected keychains. And I had these keychains hanging off these like antlers off my head. And this was like grade seven. So I think deep down there was just this creative hairstylist in front of me like inside of me since day one and from there I think it just escalated I was always doing my Barbie dolls hair I have a younger sister and a younger brother um my younger brother definitely has had multiple hair extensions in his hair whether he wanted to or not (laughs) (laughs) so I was always just one, I was always just playing with hair. I always wanted to braid my sister's hair, put extensions in. I mean, through hair hair school, she was my model and we did everything on her. Like she was just my guinea pig for everything. So I think just from a young age, it was just inside me to just become a hairdresser, honestly. So did you go, after you graduated from grade 12, did you go into like um, hair design college? Like how, what, what was that? Where, where is that right after high school you went into that? Yeah, so um, I graduated at the Quincy Ballet School, so just outside Toronto. Um, During my high school year, my parents actually moved out to Kelowna. So at the time, everyone was in, we're all originally from Ontario. Um, So during that time, my parents moved out to Kelowna. Um, I did come out for the summer, 
And then after that, I was like, okay, graduated, what am I going to do? But I got accepted into the Alberta Ballet School of Canada, which is in Calgary. So I actually did another year of dancing outside after um, graduating high school. And then I think that was really my big shift. I was now 18. I was an adult living on my own, had my own apartment, was making my own money through the ballet company. And I think that's when reality kind of kicked in being like, okay, is this actually going to be something I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Um, So after doing two years in Calgary, I did move back in with my parents in Kelowna. Um, And that's when I think it was my I don't know, maybe my mom was like, how about hairdressing? Like you said, you've always wanted to do it or whatever. Um, And uh, went to the MC college here in Kelowna. And uh, from there, just the rest is history. Interesting. So so did you work um, with other salons before um, coming to Kelowna or not? Your, your, Your salon, sort of your hair career started here to go to the college here and then you started working up? Yeah, yeah. So um, I never worked at any other hair salon. I believe I went to hair school and I was like 19, 20. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, and because um, it was a year or two after high school. Um, so did a year at the MC College. And then during that time, I actually worked in the mall um, and I was receptioning at a hair salon. So I would go to school for 40 hours a week and then I would work at the mall after hours. Um, and a lot of the girls at the hair school had already graduated and were working at the salon there as well. So it was a really easy transition. I already knew all the girls working there and then kind of got a vibe for what the realistics would be of working into a salon. Um, And then after graduation from the hair school, I just went right behind the chair working in the mall. So tell me about how Crimson Hair Salon came together. Were you a founder or did you (laughs) like, so what's the story behind that? It is a story that no business person should ever start their business with. (laughs) But truth be told, the universe just works in mysterious ways and things happen for a reason and you just got to go with it. Um, So I worked in the mall hair salon for about a year or so. And I had a guest come in and he kind of like poached me and was like, Hey, I'm opening up a hair salon. Would you be interested in coming to work for me? And I was like, okay. So went over, thought it was a good fit and joined the new uh, team at my current location that Crimson's in. So worked for this company for about a year. And my family and I went on vacation at Christmas time and we all went to Mexico to go. We had a beautiful family trip. When we came back, it was now January and I came into work and all the boards were boarded up. The windows were boarded. It was locked. The computer was gone. And all of us stylists had just had like the two week off break. And we all came back and we were like, what's going on? And basically the owner at the time was like, hey, the company's not doing well. We shut the doors. Like so long see ya and we were like yeah like not not yeah. great at the time and I was yeah I was like 20 at the time I've never experienced this I was so awful um so all of us just kind of gathered our stuff and we're like what are we gonna do so I came home that day and I'm still living with my parents at this time yeah. I came home and I was like mom this is what happened I don't do and you know tears and everything and she's like well what's going on with the hair salon and I said I don't know and she's like well talk to the accountant because you have to get your information anyways and find out what's going on so I called and they were like well the hair salon is for sale if you're interested in purchasing and I like laughed I was like yeah okay yeah yeah and uh, (laughs) right like I'm like I have no money I'm 20 like no and my mom was like well why don't you 
why don't you give it a go? Like you always said you wanted to own a hair salon. Like after hair school, I, I just okay. always was like, I want to own a hair salon. That was always my vision after hair school. And uh, so next thing I know, I was at the bank with my mom taking out a loan and bought the hair salon from my previous owner. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had no stylist. I had no nothing. Um, thankfully, my best friend that we went to hair school with and I was working at the mall with, uh, we went for dinner and I was like, so... If I hypothetically bought a hair salon, would you be like interested in joining? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, cool, we start tomorrow. And oh we came in, we just started, like, I was like, we just need to start cutting hair. We didn't even have a name for the salon yet. We had no signage. We had nothing. We just were like, I have this lease. We have the chairs. Let's just start bringing clients in and like go from there. <laughs> that's how crimson hair salon came to what it is so truthfully i do not um advise any business owners to start a company <laughs> um but thankfully i had my mother who was more than supportive and my father as well very supportive and my girlfriend at the time and uh she's still with me to this day and uh she's my ride or die thank god and now it's been eight years so say how long have you been running so you're in your eighth year now we just celebrated our eighth year yeah that's amazing congrats yeah. on that. that's so thank cool. you thank you it's it's been it's been a crazy eight years and i love it did you have like so did did you have entrepreneurship in your family did you like did your mom or dad own businesses as well so was it yeah. was it completely foreign to you jumping into it no and yes that's the case um my parents owned um, a home business building uh company back in ontario um and they started their company when they were super young as well so i think the comfortability of seeing what they did for their company, just growing up as a young kid, watching them do, you know, the hands-on building and then all the accounting and all the after stuff that goes into not what's behind the chair with guests in your chair all day long. Um, and I mean, you know, they took what they knew from their business and okay. applied it to myself. And then I was just able to kind of get a little bit of help and guidance that way for sure. Yeah. So I was very fortunate that way. So I'm curious as, as you jumped into it, no business plan, I'm sure, like it's funny, which is, I, I love it. I love the story because I think sometimes people overthink it, right? Because you can get caught up in a business plan, but you never actually do anything, right? So it's sometimes yeah. that's the best way to do it. But I'm curious if you go back to when you first started, what was sort of like the biggest challenge for you? Like, what was it, you know, was the accounting side, was it? Hey, we just didn't get people through the door. Like what, the first year or so, what was the big challenge for you? I think just learning how to be a leader for mm -hmm. sure. Cause now all of a sudden, I mean, I was 25 when we started the company. So I right. think I, you know, I have 25 year olds in my chair all the time and I look at them and I'm like, you're a baby. Like you are a baby. Like you haven't <laughs> even experienced a lot of things yet in your life. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, still to this day, I still kind of, you know, I'm always, trying to be the best leader I can be because now I have employees coming to me for answers instead of I was the employee going to other right. people for answers. Right. So just always kind of having the answers, making things work, problem solve, things come up all the time. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, sometimes they yep. need adjusting. Um, so yeah, honestly, in the last eight years, like we are constantly changing things and evolving and adapting and learning new things just to keep up with the world and AI and Instagram yeah, and yeah. you know Zoom meetings. Like I never did a Zoom meeting when I was twenty five. <laughs> was Zoom invented yet? I have no idea. Oh, probably not. No. Probably not. Right? Like this would have never happened. So just doing all these things 
daily, honestly, to just keep up. And that, yeah, I wouldn't even say that's like the first year struggle. I would say that's a continual, not struggle, but no, no challenge, challenging. Yeah. yeah. So how do, you, how do you, how do you like maybe outside of the AI stuff, but in <laughs> even just in trends and in hair fat, like how do you, like in hair design and like, how do you, how do you stay up to date? Like, are you, do you have to go con- continual learning? Do you go to show oh. like, like how, what's that look like for, you know, a hairstyle? Cause sometimes, you know, people I'm sure, not that I know, but the joke is I shouldn't have been the one doing take. Cause it's not like, I'm, <laughs> you're doing I, great. You're asking great questions. So, but so when people come in, like, yeah, all the stuff that goes behind the scenes that they don't see, like the latest trends. So how do you stay up to date with the trends? Yeah, I mean, it's really funny. Um, we actually just had the MC College, where I went to school, uh, do a tour in here yesterday just to right. see how salons work and stuff like that. And I was saying to the girls, um, you know, when I was in hair school, balayage, which is a technique, um, wasn't invented yet. Like that, that the natural ombre and the color melts and all that wasn't invented. We were still just doing foil placement in certain patterns. And that's what essentially everyone got, um, you know, toners, the way that the new colors that are coming out, those weren't invented when I was in hair school. So if I still did the same coloring as I learned in hair school, like nobody would be coming in here. Um, I mean, and nowadays Instagram is Instagram and YouTube are phenomenal, especially when we're shut down for that bit. There's so much free education. I think in every industry now with bloggers and TikTok and just these new trends that are just these even 30 seconds of a little pop-up can just inspire you to be like, Hey, I want to try that. I want to do that and like test it out. So, um, we actually do education every morning at eight 30. Um, whether it's just a little tidbit or a hands-on or a video or just things that happen in the salon that someone tried and like, Hey, this formula really worked or I did this and it didn't let's tweak it. Um, I'm, I, you know, in hair school, you're constantly working on mannequins. I still work on mannequins because mm-hmm. to get a model in your chair at nine o'clock at night, when you finally have a time to do it, you just pull up the mannequin and give it a little test drive and see what happens. Right. You never know unless you try. So, um, yeah, it, social media and, uh, staying up on the trends is actually a lot easier than what it was before. Cause there's so much information out there now. It's great. So did you have any, as you're going through this whole process of jumping into business, staying up with trends, do you, did you have any mentors? Like who, who, who are the people that really helped? You said you had, you know, your, your best friend, uh, probably, you know, your mom, like who, who, who are the ones that are sort of like, cause I'm sure we all know in business, there's days where you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> oh, and, yeah. So what got you through that? Who were the mentors that really got you through all that those times? Oh my gosh. There's been so many, there's been a lot of people actually. Um, my uncle back home, actually, he owns a hair salon as well. So I was always able to kind of connect with him because hairdressers also just, we think so different than right. normal people, <laughs> truth be told. So right. I could be saying something to my mom and she's like, I don't understand. She's not a hairdresser. She doesn't understand stuff. And I would say something to my uncle and he's like, instant, hundred percent. Gotcha. Same one. Like done. Um, so yeah, he was a big help because he's had his company now for like 45 years. So he's been there, done that scene at all. And, um, honestly, there has been the salon industry. There's been so many hair salons in the community that I was able to connect with or work with or ask questions to that have been doing hair, owning a business now. And, um, I, I did have a lot of help within the community, which is fantastic because in business, 
that doesn't really happen sometimes with being in the same industry, right? Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, the Herald is just, everyone's just rooting for each other. I mean, in Kelowna, I, I've never worked anywhere else. So, um, but yeah, and, and, and now it's kind of nice that it's come full circle that I have new owners reaching out to me for advice and you know it it gives me these like giddy butterflies and I'm like oh my gosh I remember that being there and I remember trying new things and it didn't work or it failed and you're like why am I doing this exactly what you said and um yeah now yeah honestly the the community has just been great with very helpful and so that's part of the giving back part of it and on that I thought it was interesting when I was reading sort of like I said preparing that one of the things I know that I saw that was really important to you as well, you know, and part of the brand at Crimson was, was giving back, like you guys have been involved with Habitat for Humanity, you know, Opera Kelowna, Elizabeth Fry, SPCA, Women's Shelter, and I'm sure I can go on and on and yeah. on. But I'm curious if you can speak around a little bit about why you feel as an owner, it's important to give back like that. So there's two different sides that you spoke about the mentoring new business people, but also giving back to, you know, nonprofits in the community as well. Yeah, I mean... The, I think one of my favorite things about this career is that everyone, for the most part, needs some kind of hair appointment or, you know, even for yourself, right? A little tune up here and there. So <laughs> we get everyone from two years old to 102 years old. Right. So you truthfully get the entire community of Kelowna in your chair and you hear these people's stories or what inspires them or what they're kind of going through in their life. And you're like, hey, you know what? you're like you know they're coming into us and and supporting us i want to support you and uh you know going to the schools working with ubco we did koha which has been a huge you know people going through that emotional time with a loved one going through that position um i believe that like time and energy to give back to people is so much more important than just kind of writing a check to be honest i think even as a hairstylist our job is we are touching people we're we're physically touching people and these people are trusting us and it's a very um trustworthy and it's a very special bond with people mm-hmm. and you know i've been owning this one for eight years i've been doing hair some people's hair for eight years now i'm doing their kids hair i'm doing three generations worth of hair now so yeah. i'm a part of their family so if i can give back to that family that's been coming into the salon to support us i it it's it's a no-brainer it's a no-brainer it'd be like doing something for your friend you wouldn't even think twice you know you would just do yeah. it because you love them and you're passionate about it and um it's it's probably one of the most rewarding things honestly is going to these events we did the um koha swing with the stars which was right. probably one of my favorites because right. i got to incorporate my dancing dancing on stage with my hair passion like it, it was a dream come true for myself, honestly. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was it was just so fun. It's fun to just be a part and just give back to everybody. Yeah. Actually, as you were saying that, one thing that really came to mind was because you've you've seen people for the last eight years, like you must know like everything. You open up. It's kind of quite. I I come from food and beverage background before I got into marketing, and as a bartender, right, the regulars, you knew everything. You knew the whole. Oh time. yeah. Sometimes you probably knew stuff that other people didn't know. So it's curious, like you, you probably are that, that, you know, the person where they can vent a little bit or celebrate, or you kind of see everything in a person's life, which is interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I say part-time hairdresser, part-time therapist, for sure, on the most part, because people just feel so comfortable with you, which is so great. And they just tell you everything, which is 
Hilarious. Lovely. And you know what? With, <laughs> what's that? Sorry? Stories from a chair. You should write a book about that. All the stories you've heard. And you know what? I've actually <laughs> thought about it before. And I, I forget things all the time, though. But I'm like, I need to just write these funny things down anonymously, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah sure. because calling yeah, people yeah. out wouldn't be, wouldn't be good. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of writing, actually, one of the things that I did want to talk about is that you recently launched a column on Kelowna now. It's called yeah. the Smile Files. It's, I think there's a couple of posters. I think it's fairly new. But I'm curious if you can just speak kind of what your vision is with that column, what people can find in there, what you know, what what can what they what they can expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're doing it monthly. So I did try to keep it fairly relevant about what we're doing in that month or kind of what the styles are for that month. Um, so we started it in April, which was our anniversary party. So that was kind of just a celebration on our part, just saying like, hey, this is us. This is what we're about. And uh, just like a little celebration for the community. Um, and then going forward, we're just kind of going into like summer and and eventually fall trends. Um, so you'll see all the summer stuff coming out, the do's and don'ts, hair care, sunscreen protection, um, festival hair for those girls going to my festivals. <laughs> um, if you're boating this season, you know, beach stuff, all the things to just help with your hair maintenance for the summer. Super fun. I'll give, and it's a little bit of an outlet for you to, to be able to be a little bit creative in a different way as well through the, through the column. I truthfully really struggle with it. Like I am definitely a hands-on hairstylist. Me okay. writing a column is not my, <laughs> this is why I didn't go into writing. Um, but yes, I do have a lot of people that proofread <laughs> before we, we sent it off. That's funny. So what I'm curious what the future has, like uh, you're, you're eight years in now. Is there, is there, you know, is there a vision for you to have other locations or growing the salon bigger? Like, or, or are you kind of content? Like what, what's, what's the, or, or you're like, I don't know. We're, we'll see where life takes me. You know, it's so funny you ask that question because I always have these moments as like, what's next? Um, yeah. we are at our max capacity now with my chairs and my girls behind and working everything like that. And, um, I have looked at second locations. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I have my canvas in front of me and it's just not finished yet. I'm not too sure. Um, but truthfully for the summer, everyone kind of works a little less in the summer here. Right, yeah, yeah. Let's be real. Um, but it yeah. actually is my best time to like do my brainstorming to right. set up for September. And then it's kind of like go time again. Um, but honestly, right now for the summer, we're kind of just working on our self-development. And I know that sounds really funny, but um, I try to make the culture of the salon very like diverse. Right. Um, so we do have some girls that just really want to specialize in curly hair or extensions or education. Um, I have one girl that's kind of training to uh, juniors right now. So I'm trying to focus on what each stylist in the salon can offer and who we can kind of specialize a little bit more into. Um, because yeah, in, in the hair world, there's so many different genres of clientele that um, you can focus on what you want to do. Um, so yeah, just kind of doing some self-maintenance and then just getting, honestly, we always have to be like six months ahead of time. So um, next month, I actually already have to place my orders for Christmas, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just always kind of getting ready for the next season as often oh, as yeah. that <laughs> Yeah. So do you find, interesting, actually, you were saying that, do you find like, do, like in our world, typically designers, you you know that who designed it, right? You could tell they have a style. 
is it the same in your industry? Like, do you find like, not that you can tell, but maybe you're like, yeah, like this person does things a certain way and they're really good. Maybe with short hair or they're maybe really good with color, whatever. Maybe do you find that people find their niche like that? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I've got my blondies. I've got my balayage queens. I've got my short pixie funky girls. I've got my color pop, uh, you know, the, the fashion colors that are really bold yeah. and trendy and passionate. Um, personally, I'm very big on extensions right now. That's kind of been my clientele base. Um, you've got your barbering. Um, so yeah, everyone, I can look at a photo and within the salon and know exactly whose work it is hands down. Cause everybody has their own kind of creative, it's no different than a painter. Honestly, you can look at a painting and you're like, that's right. Picasso. You right. know it, you know, by right. his style. Right. Um, so yeah, truthfully, it's no different in the hair industry for sure. Interesting. Well, that's <laughs> fine. Interesting stuff. Tara, thanks so much for joining me today. I think it's been a fun discussion. Um, I, I think I did pretty well considering that <laughs> I don't have air. So <laughs> you did fantastic. You, you did educated fantastic. me on some terms. I have to go Google after, but uh, I'll, I'll go look what they mean. But yeah, I love the, I love the journey. I think, you know, that from where you started and I think it's amazing that you just jumped in. I think that's, that's, super cool because like I said sometimes you overthink it because if you would have overthought it maybe the song would have sold to somebody else right yeah you don't know yeah. so and it's honestly it's like at the end of the day my mom I remember when we went to go in she's like what's the worst thing that happens you fail yeah so just jump in head first plug your nose and it's been eight years strong so I'm just more than thankful <laughs> and that. lucky that's the quote of the day. Jump in head first and plug your nose. I love Just it. Just jump in head first, baby, because it's <laughs> going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, Tara, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It was fun talk and um, looked uh, excited to hear as you expand and grow and more to come, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was awesome. No problem. Everyone else have a great rest of your day and thank you for tuning into Business Matters. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.